and welcome to the R. Jackson Home Podcast. This week I'm joined by Mickey Marley. He's the head football coach at the Trenton Rosenwald Middle School in Trenton, Tennessee. But most of our listeners will know him better as the head coach of USJ, where he was for 30 years? 30 years, yes. That's impressive. But before we get to that, you're not originally from West Tennessee, so how did you get over here? Well, bottom line is this. Uh, my people are from Franklin, Tennessee, originally. Uh, my head football coach is named Ray Dalton, and he's passed uh, on now. But uh, I'm going to give you an example of how one man can change one kid's life uh, just for taking an interest mm-hmm. in that kid. Uh, he was my head football coach, my head wrestling coach, and at the end of uh, football season, uh, he got in touch with George McIntyre, who was the head coach at UT Martin at the time. And he said, uh, hey, I think this kid may have an opportunity to play, et cetera, et cetera. So he made it possible for me to go ahead and walk on in the springtime of my senior year of high school, I graduated early like kids do today, but back then it was uh, very uncommon. Okay. But they worked it out where I could do that. I went to UT Martin, and uh, back in those days, it was a lot different. You know about the mid-1970s. Uh, spring practice lasted a month, and mm-hmm. there was no 20-hour-a-week rule. It was more like 20 hours a day. Yeah. Uh, you can imagine I was walking the halls of a high school one day, and the next day, bam, there mm-hmm. you are going through spring football practice in college. And uh, I, I had uh, basically made a promise to myself I was going to do one of two things. I was either going to scholarship out, make it, or I was going to the Marines. Uh, I didn't tell Mama that, but that's what I was going to do. Well, I was fortunate enough to go ahead and uh, scholarship out. Uh, had a great career there at UTM. Well, Got a, what position did you play? Well, I was uh, uh, a defensive back. Uh, also worked as a backup quarterback, as a backup long snapper, as a backup punter, as a backup <laughs> kicker. I was sort of a utility guy, uh-huh. but I, I started all four years on uh, all special teams, that kind of thing. And then I started my last two years as a defensive back okay. uh, up there at, at, at UTM, and I was a tri captain of the team and all that type of thing. But I started as a walk on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, and. You know, I'm here to tell you that you can do whatever you put your mind to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just got to decide that's what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was fortunate enough to uh, have Coach Dalton in my life to give me guidance yeah. to do that because it changed my life completely. Uh, I've made great lifelong friends uh, at Martin. We still have reunions every year, you know, across uh, different parts of the, you know, the southeast, and we get together and, a little bit older and slower now, but it's amazing how much better we are the older we get. <laughs> <laughs> you know, things like that. Uh, and uh, I had an opportunity to, and once I got here, I was 18, and I stayed over here. Now, saying all that, when I was younger, uh, we lived in Bolivar for just a little bit. Okay. And really, we lived in the Hatchie River Bottom. Because my daddy, he, he rodeoed for a living, and he ran horse and cattle operations really all across uh, this part of the country. And he also ran them in other parts of the country too. But when I came, it was more in Tennessee. Uh, So for a while, uh, he ran what was called the old Lenore Stock Farm. Uh, It's between Bolivar and Middleton. If you hang a left, you're in the Hatchie River bottom, son. Daniel Boone would have had a hard time finding (laughs) where we were at. So we were there for a few years. I played middle school ball in Bolivar. Uh, we moved back to Franklin, 
and uh, which Franklin was not like it is today. It's, today it's like L.A. East, but yeah. it, nothing like that. We lived in a place past Leaper's Fork, and uh, Leaper's Fork is at the time, you know, it was just a spot in the road, and that's, you know, the place to be, et cetera. Or it's a place called Puckett's Grocery. Maybe people have heard of it. Well, Puckett's Grocery, hey, it was a grocery yeah. when we were out there. We'd eat rag, bologna, and cheese out there all the time. It, it's not the celebrity hangout uh, that, that it is today. Yeah. And my friend, we lived out in a place called Kingfield out in Waddell Hollow. And I guarantee you, Davy Crockett and Daniel Boone combined would have had a hard time finding us. <laughs> but uh, uh, so I, I went to uh, high school there. And then uh, when I was 18, reverting back to your original question, I uh, came here to West Tennessee. And then uh, after my playing days, I coached at Martin for six years. Head coach eventually got let go, so we all got let go. And uh, I wound up uh, at Old Hickory Academy, which uh, eventually Old Hickory and EDS combined to become what is now University School of Jackson. So when you when while you were playing and you were you know presumably unless you were one of those athletes that don't go to class you were going to classes did you were oh you, yeah were you wanting to be a coach the whole time or were you looking at other things or what happened i didn't know what i wanted to do i mean i, I really did my, my my degree was in tv and broadcasting okay. if you sit and ask me why i couldn't tell you why <laughs> really it's because when i got there my coaches said, here, here's your class schedule. Go to this where you're going. And I said, yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, I just really didn't. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, I really didn't. As a matter of fact, I got into the coaching part of it uh, because uh, when I was through eligibility-wise, I still had probably, I guess, a half a semester, maybe a year left, I some, something like that. So I was a graduate assistant. Uh, football coach and I finished up my degree and you know once I started doing that I said well you know they was always been my always been my passion anyway so it it just it just stuck but but at the time going into college you know as a kid coming out of high school I I, I didn't know what I wanted to do I mean let's revert back to the store I was either going to make it to go to the Marines so you know I didn't know uh, but it's I've had a great life. I really have. Had. I've yeah. had a great life. I've had a great career. I've met great people, and uh, I'm just really I'm a fortunate person. I really am. So, what was it about coaching that you really latched into those first couple of years at UT Martin that you're like, I want to do this the rest of my life? Well, it's like uh, when I was playing. I tell you what, I liked about football as a player. I liked the physicality of it. I liked. Uh, I, I just liked everything that had to do with the physicality of football. I liked hitting people. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I found out you could hit people in middle school and not get in trouble for, I just said, sign me up. Uh, but I, I just really enjoyed that in there and, and the competitive uh, nature of it. Uh, I loved it. And uh, so once I got out of, uh, you know, the arena, so to speak, as a player. Well, obviously, you're not going to run around and tackle people anymore, but the competitive nature is still there, and you can still uh, do that, obviously, from the coaching side, and that's what I really enjoy. And I really enjoy uh, uh, high competitive situations. The, the higher the stakes, the more I personally like it, and I, so I just enjoy that. Yeah. So, uh, so you you start coaching at USJ. You're there for thirty years. 
you've probably coached a lot of like people that are still in Jackson. Oh yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, uh, I'm 60 years old now, and uh, not only people that are in Jackson, but give me an example. Uh, our grandsons are 11, nine, and five, which that's awesome because we go down there all the time and. Really, that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm in middle school now because it gives me time to go mm-hmm. see my grandsons, and uh, I, I'm not giving that up. Yeah. So uh, we're down there watching them play uh, baseball about three weeks ago, and I uh, walk around the corner, and bam, I see a – well, I, I still call him kids. He's a grown man. He's 42 years old. <laughs> Ed Wallace. Ed's down there, and I said, Ed, you know, I, haven't, I haven't seen you in 20 years. I wish I haven't or, or longer. And, uh, you know, we get to talking and talk about old times, whatever, and past teammates. And, well, his kids are playing there. Mm. You know, then I ran, run into another player at the same place, and their kids are playing there. Then another kid, and their kids are playing there. And, and uh, I have, of course, uh, younger kids. I, I keep calling them kids. They're men who, who are getting married. So I go into their weddings and uh, went to, matter of fact, one of uh, my uh, former coaches, just got married uh, in South Carolina, and so that's what I really enjoy now is seeing the the, the former players and their families. And I've had several book signings, and a lot of them have come to that. It's just I enjoy that. It's it's the part now that I really enjoy now. But when I was coaching, and, and I don't claim to be, everybody knows it up front. I I was not an easy guy to play for, and I'm not now. In yeah, middle school or not, uh. Uh-uh. Uh, so, you know, I can imagine them at the time, I got sorry, you yeah. know, whatever, blah, 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 blah. but now X amount of years down the road, uh, you know, all, this is all I know. And I said, it's what they've told me. I said, coach, the things that we did back in high school football are things that I still draw off of every day. Well, what are some of those things? Well, all right. It's like, uh, well, mental emotional toughness uh i don't care what your uh vocation is you better be mentally physically and emotionally tough that's because you're going to have things go against you mm-hmm. well okay what are you going to do whine about it cry about it or are you going to do something about it i mean that's your choice it's totally your choice uh you know we're all in the same business mm-hmm. would you have have an idea what that is living surviving we're in the people business because yeah. we all deal with people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, unless you're stuck up in Antarctica somewhere. And I haven't been there, so maybe they're people. I don't know. <laughs> but I do know this. We're in the people business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, and leadership, you know, y- y- you can't talk about it. you got to do it, mm-hmm. you know, in my opinion anyway. And those are things you learn through the game of football, or I learned. And that's yeah. not the only way. It's other sports, yeah. too, or other ways of life, but it's just the way that I did it. Yeah. And also, going back to the way I, we were brought up. Now, we, we were not brought up like, you know, everybody gets a trophy and, you know, everybody gets a ribbon because you put a blue shirt on. That, that world doesn't exist. And that's what kids are getting out. I'm just telling you, it doesn't exist. And my grandkids don't get it. They don't get that from me. It does not exist. You know, what exists is the world of competition mm-hmm. because you think about it. You're competing every day and you're being evaluated every day whether you like it or whether you want to believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Well, you go to school, I got this thing called grades. Yep. That's your scoreboard. For sure. uh, you know, 
they you try to go to college you got this thing called gpa well that's your scoreboard you know if you got like an 0.2 i don't think they're taking you (laughs) if you got like a 3.0 i think you got a shot i mean so let's face it you're competing all the time whether you believe it or you don't believe it now (laughs) that's up to you but this uh mentality of you know everybody gets a ribbon and for participation and well hey when you get older they're not it ain't about participating it's about producing mm-hmm. now at the same time you know it's, it's the way that you handle it the way that you know the people you're around handle it and how you handle it mm-hmm. you know there's a zillion different ways to do that mm-hmm. but uh that's what i learned from playing football baseball wrestling uh, and really from being out there working those horses and cattle that we used to do and we used to break horses. We used to like dig post holes, put up fence, haul hay. Man, you name it, we did it. It's it wasn't like on the Ponderosa, like little Joe. Little Joe never sweated. <laughs> we were out there getting it, man. Yeah. Uh, but you know, through that type of life style, I was fortunate. You know, and then back in when I'm a kid, I'm thinking, man, you know, what's going on here, dude? You know. But but now as an older adult. Uh, I'm glad I did it because yeah. I can draw off of that mm-hmm. and do it every day. You were uh, head coach for 27 years. Yes, at USJ. You know, in our day and time, most people don't do anything for more than a couple of years. Like you're changing jobs or, uh, you know, even the divorce rate's really high. You know, like people don't do things for long periods of time. Looking back at doing the same job for 27 years, what are some things you think about when you when you think about that? Well, I don't know. I, I never really looked at it like that because, uh, you know, you say doing the same job. It, it truly wasn't the same job because every year is a different year. Mm-hmm. You have different kids. And, you know, even though the kid's the same name, well, he went from, from being a freshman to a sophomore, from a sophomore, yeah. junior, junior, you know. Mm-hmm. So the, the kids change. New kids come in and out. You know, situations change. So especially in high school, uh, that that comes into play a, a, a lot. Mm-hmm. I looked at it from the standpoint is you know I, I'm not going to sit around and beat around a bush about it. I like winning. Yeah. You know. Okay. You know. A lot of people say, "What do you like about coaching?" Well, you know, all of this, all that. I liked winning, mm-hmm. and the camaraderie, and you know everything else that goes along with it. But, but doing it the right way. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I never felt any pressure, period, ever, mm-hmm. except the pressure that I put on myself. And that's it. Mm-hmm. The rest of it, I was oblivious to it. Uh, I liked working with those kids. Yeah. And then when those kids gone, man, I, matter of fact, I loved working with those kids. And yeah. then to go on and see them grow up, mature, and, you know, do great things, mm-hmm. uh, that a lot of them have done. Then, you know, in the latter part of my career there, I was coaching some of their kids. Yeah. You know, I'd call like, call them their dad's names. Like, oh, I'm not my dad or I'm not my brother or, yeah. you know, blah, 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 blah. But, uh, you know, and I love the, uh, the competitive uh, atmosphere that we created uh, as a team, as a unit. And the teams we played and, uh, you know, that's what, I really enjoyed, and if it uh, got to where it wasn't like that, I just wouldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, now I'm in middle school. Well, it's not quite the same, yeah. but I'm at a different chapter in my life. 
I've got grandkids I'm going to see because we had opportunities after we left USJ, chapter to go to Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, whatever, take some head coaching jobs. But it's too far away from my grandsons. Yeah. And I'm just, we were not going to do that and miss them grow up. We're, we're going to watch those kids grow up. Just got through with middle school football practice today, but as soon as we crossed the lines, hey, man, it was just like we were <laughs> practicing for the Super Bowl. And uh, it's a shock to them. Mm-hmm. But then again, they're now getting used to it. Because I've been, I've been there almost a year now. I've been through a season, yeah. if, if you will. So, you know, half the kids anyway sort of have a clue. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, you know, we're not babying them, and it's not like, again, okay, little Johnny, let's rub your head. And go, uh, yeah. No, we ain't giving them popsicles and all that. But, we, but, you know, we're not abusing them either, but we're yeah. teaching them, at least hopefully we are, uh, basic fundamentals of what they're doing because your job, my job, I don't care what your job, if you don't have fundamentals, you can just hang it up. You're mm-hmm. sunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing that and working with kids and hopefully going to help them out not only in football, but down the road in, in life, period. Yeah. That's it. Who were some of your best players that you had during that 30 years? Mm, man. Man, I... It's not really a fair question. Well, it, it not, it, it's not that it's not a fair question. Is I had a lot of really good players that... Uh, just filled up the whole wall with not only all-state guys, I mean, but guys that weren't all-state because I don't pick the all-state. Uh, uh, unlike some think, I didn't pick them. Yeah. You know, those guys went out there and played, and they deserved it. But, uh, man, we had a lot of really good players. And then we had also a lot of guys that were like me that were – maybe average ability players. I'm mean, not say like me back when I played were average ability players, but were like ultra alpha going to get it done. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd been like the movie Terminator. You had to blow that dude up. And he still kept coming. Yeah. You just couldn't kill him. Yeah. And that's the kind of guys that we had mm-hmm. that, that, and that's the kind of guys you want. I mean, yeah. it just, they just will not quit. So you've recently re- written a book. Yes. So so what what was the what triggered that you're like I'm going to write a book? Well, that's a good question. The, the book is called Game Ready and it's 52 takeaways for winning. And this is basically how it happened. I was out of coaching for a year and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm sitting in a room and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, of different things that it, I'd either seen or done or seen other people do or rolled around in my head for, you know, the last 38, 40, really ever since I was a little kid, like five years old. And uh, with my head, that's a lot of rolling. So I just started typing. I had no idea I was even going to write a book. I was just typing short, concise insights because a i don't know any big words b i can't spell them and i don't know what they mean and so it was everything was short concise and boom to the point so i would do one look at it then i'd go to another one look at it go to another one look at it and i had there was no rhyme no reason it's just it just came to my head in my mind i'd stop at three or four take a few days or whatever then men sit down go again go again and finally i said you know i need to uh 
show these to some folks that I really respect and just see what they think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I sent her to Coach Fulmer. Coach Fulmer's a good friend of mine, and uh, we text all the time. And we don't text about football. We don't text about none of that. We text about grandkids. Yeah. You know, hey, how your grandkids playing? Hey, how your grandkids? You know, that, that kind of thing. We always about grandkids. Mm-hmm. And uh, he uh, sent it back, and he said, uh, Mickey, you know, you all think about getting this published. And I thought, well, okay. Then I sent it to Mike Keith, you know, the voice of the Titans. Mm. And uh, he said the same thing. And he was really instrumental in uh, helping me meet the right people to get this thing launched. Uh, sent it to uh, Dan Crockett, who was formerly the owner of Franklin American Mortgage Company. Uh, played here at Lambeth uh, years ago. Was a really good player. And uh, he's a good friend of mine. He said the same thing. You need to think about getting this published. And then I sent it to... Uh, like Mike McWhorter here in town and uh, Gary Taylor here in town and Bill Buckley here in town and some other people local because I wanted to not just get sports people but people that were in business in different areas and uh, I said man you need to think about getting this published and I said well okay I think I'll think about getting this published so Mike Keith he introduced me to someone uh, up in uh, Franklin Andy Miller. I'd, I'd never met Andy. I didn't know, but you know, if Mike inter- was going to introduce me, then I knew I, hey, that's cool. Yeah. Andy and I met. He introduced me to a lady by the name of Pam Horn, and uh, who was in uh, the business of publication at one time. Then she was out, and so we got together, showed her what I had, and uh, you know, at, at first, because like I said, it's short, concise insights, and there's lots of ancient can'ts in there because that's the way I talk. I mean, I'm just country, I'm country me, way country me. Uh, so when they first got the manuscript and then they sent it back, you know, a lot of it was changed. And I said, no, man, that's not my, yeah. I, I don't talk like it. Matter of fact, you got some words in there. I don't even know what they mean. I mean, the first time somebody sees that, they're going to say, well, he didn't write yeah, that. He, yeah. he's, he's too dumb to even know what that means. <laughs> so uh, we met. Face to face, just like you and I right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it'd be pretty funny. It's after about three minutes, uh, she goes, I get it now. I understand. You know, so it, this is my voice right here. And they did a great job of, you know, doing all the fixing and stuff you got to do for publication because I've learned one thing there's a lot more to writing a book <laughs> than writing yeah, the book, yeah. a lot more. So, it's it, uh, uh, was condensed down, but not really that much. It was just like again, short, concise insights about just different things. And, and the thing about it is, and I didn't mean it to wind up like it just did. Uh, but you can pick any sport, you can pick any business, you can pick life in general, and it fits. And that's not me talking. That's these other people telling me after they read it. So I said, okay. So then we went on the uh, uh, the lookout to see you know how to publish it, when, and all that type of thing. And now it's been published. It's been out for probably a month, maybe a little less than that. We've had uh, we're gonna have the fourth book signing coming up uh, July 28th over to Old Country Store. Uh, we had the first one at USJ. The second one was at Trenton Rosenwald Middle School. Had one up in Franklin at uh, Landmark Booksellers. And in, uh, in that one, there was a huge street festival. There's thousands of people on that street. 
and once a month uh, they have a featured artist in every uh, building uh, on the street. So every store has a featured artist. I'm thinking, well, yeah. There's a, what, 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 what am I doing here? Yeah. And so I was the, the, the author, the featured <laughs> author. And I kept, I kept thinking, they were saying Arthur. I said, my name's not Arthur. <laughs> you know, I, I was a featured author, and, and we had a great response. It was, it was a two-hour deal, and it was this constant stream of people coming through. So the next one's going to be at the Old Country Store on the 28th from 2 to 4 o'clock. Uh, also, I've had several uh, radio shows, I think like three or four on television, you know, and just spreading the word uh, that way. And obviously, uh, just trying to get people to know that this book even exists. Mm-hmm. Really, a, a lot of it, too, is it, drawn off of my life experience. When I was a kid, I'm going to give you an example. I told you my daddy rodeoed for a living, and uh, you, you had to watch it now because you well, you can get hurt what we were doing. I don't mean hurt. I can be get you killed hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, when you're out with a bunch of horses and cattle and they're in round pens or whatever, you better watch it. And uh, he always he told me this one. I was five years old, but I'll never forget. It didn't scare me. I I just understood it off the bat. He says, "Son, always look around, and see what can hurt you." Well, it, that stuck with me. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, like you go in those barns, look around, find out. I mean, even today, I go somewhere, I know where all the exit signs are. I know how to get in, get out, whatever. Uh, but you think about that. That's a pretty strong statement because most people get hurt financially or physically or emotionally or mentally because they say, well, I never saw it coming. Well, yeah, you never saw it coming because they you either had your eyes closed or you weren't proactive yeah. or you didn't realize what was going on. You weren't paying attention. Well, until it was too late. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that statement is a lot more than just you're in a barn looking around. That covers a lot of ground right there. Another one, uh, <laughs> it's going to sound pretty funny, but it's, it's, it certainly helped me in a lot of ways. One of them was, is uh, uh, one of the insights is, uh, and a fellow told me this in Jackson several years ago when I first got here. He said, uh, don't ever take financial advice from broke people. <laughs> I started laughing, but the thing about it is, it's not only about finances, it's about any, anything you do. And this is what I mean by this. Is, uh, and this is what he was saying. Uh, you know, everybody seems to know your job better than you do. Don't they? I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm just going, you know, straight out flat asking. Hey, you're a coach. Everybody knows how to coach better than you do. You're, you know, this profession or that profession. Well, you know, how many people, why don't you do it like this? Or why don't you do it like this? Or how come you haven't done this? Why haven't you done this? Well, you know what? They don't know. They just think they know. If they knew, they'd be doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, so that's really what the statement means, you know, is other people think they know your job better than you do, but they don't. Yeah. So surround yourself with wise people. Mm-hmm. And if you'll do that, you've always had, you know, you have a chance to be successful. Yeah. And on and on and on. Yeah. So do you think this is the, the one book or is there going to be multiple? Is it in your blood now? Oh, I mean, I have no idea right now. I'm just trying to get the word out and see how it goes. But, uh, uh, you know, I'm coaching football right now too. Like yeah. so, getting getting these kids uh, ready to go. Uh, but I do know this. I know we've had fun doing it. And I and I and I would. Matter of fact, I would never have done this 
if I didn't think it could truly help people. I just wouldn't have done it. I mean, I would have just yeah. had, you know, I'd have written it and stuck it off there on the side. And, you know, maybe 50 years from now, my daughter or her kids or something would have found it. I don't know. Yeah. So, we just had to see. Yeah. So, how, do, how can people get a copy? All right. Uh, it's very easy. You go to my website. Mm-hmm. It's CoachMickeyMarley.com. That's CoachMickeyMarley.com. When you go to the website, obviously you can check out, you know, they have a bio, introduction, the whole bit about uh, really about my life, about the book itself, about uh, the people who have endorsed it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's very easy to go because it has a, a click buy now, then it takes you through the process of how you would want to purchase it. Yeah. It's very easy. It's on uh, Book Baby. It's on Amazon and others also. So it's very easy to do. You just go to CoachMickeyMarley.com and it'll walk you through the process. Even I can do it. And I'm <laughs> and I'm a technological idiot. <laughs> All right. Well, Coach, uh, thank you so much for joining us and, and uh, for telling us about your book. I appreciate you having me. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. Today's podcast was hosted by Kevin Adelsberger. It was edited by Ricky Santos. Our intro music was performed by Aaron Harden. It was recorded live at The Code. To find out more about The Code, visit their website at www.atthecode.com. To find out more about R. Jackson Home and to read more about how amazing Jackson is, visit rjacksonhome.com.